listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me are my two friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do. And today we're going to talk about a subject that's a little sadder than we normally do. And you'll have to pardon Kate if she gets a little, what? Verklipped. Verklipped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As we record this, today is the second anniversary, I guess if you'd call it that, of losing my oldest dog, Riker, who was awesome therapy dog, happy boy. He was 13 and a half. And unfortunately, Kate lost her Rottweiler, Gina, just a couple days ago. And so we thought we would talk to you about how to come to the decision to let your dog go when it's time, or should you decide to let things progress naturally, perhaps bringing in some hospice care. There is hospice care for pets, by the way. How to deal with the grief afterwards. And, you know, maybe maybe talk a little bit about memorials. I'm a big one for ceremony. I have my own little private ceremonies because for me, I think it helps the grieving process. But let's talk a, a little bit about deciding when it's time for your dog to go. My dad died of cancer four years ago. And when he was under hospice care, which was absolutely wonderful, they took good care of him. It was wonderful. But on several occasions, he was a lifetime dog owner. He made the comment that we can treat our dogs much better than we can treat our elderly people. Mm. He felt that because he was able to make the choice when his dogs were old and infirm or in pain or when the quality of life was such that the dog wasn't enjoying life, he could make the decision to let the dog go. Whereas my dad, when he was in pain and uncomfortable, and his quality of life was such that he wasn't enjoying life anymore, and I mean, we're talking when he was just weeks from death, that he couldn't choose the same exit. Right. And now I know in a a couple states now that is available, but I think sometimes making that decision for our dogs is one of the kindest things we can do. And as a former vet tech, and Uh I'm sure... That question, um, how do I know when it's time? Oh, it's so hard. It's different for each each dog. Riker made it pretty easy. Riker developed laryngeal. 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 It didn't work. Paralysis. And during the day, he was doing pretty good. He was breathing pretty close to normally. But at night, breathing became very, very difficult. And 
On the last night before I took him in, he and I spent the night on the floor. He would lay down and he'd have difficulty breathing. So I'd shift him up on his chest with his head up and he'd breathe more comfortably. But he couldn't stay that way. He was getting exhausted. So we went back and forth and back and forth. And by the end of the night, we were both exhausted and he was getting panicky. I mean, when you can't breathe, that brings in a panic. Mm -hmm. And I called the veterinary office as soon as I knew they were in and said, I'm going to bring him in because he didn't deserve. This was a sweet, happy dog with no malice whatsoever. And I couldn't bear for him to have that panic. And so that made the decision easier. But I've certainly had others in the past that the decision was not easy. And sometimes you don't get to make that decision alone, as with you and Paul and Dax. You were ready to let Dax go, and your husband at that time wasn't. No, I probably, if it were me alone, I'd have probably let her go two or three months earlier. She was incontinent, and that made her very, very unhappy. I put diapers on her. But those made her very, very unhappy. But yet, if she had an accident on the furniture in the house, she was mortified. Mm -hmm. She had congenital... Some people might say those are too strong of words to use with a dog, but I don't believe so. Oh, no. She she was mortified that she Mm -hmm. had an accident. And she had congenital liver disease, and that was progressing. And so her abdomen was getting very, very tender. You couldn't lift her under her abdomen to help her move because it was so painful. And because of both her mental state and her discomfort, I would have let her go earlier. But she was Paul's dog and he he wasn't ready. He just couldn't. And finally it did come to a point when I was trying to clean up after her and trying to move her, and she snapped at me. She didn't bite me, but she I felt the whoosh of the teeth. And when Paul came home that night, I told him, look, this isn't fair to her. And he did finally agree. But that was tough for him. It was very, very hard for him. So the dignity of the dog, the personality of the dog, the physical discomfort. The the discomfort, yeah. They're all factors. There is no... When you reach a summation of this number, yeah, then it's time. And look how hard some dogs fight. Dax fought. I mean, she had. She was born with liver disease that was supposed to kill her by the age of six. She made it to thirteen and a half, almost fourteen. She lived with a certain amount of discomfort all her life. Eugenia, the yeah. last two or three years. Well, even before that, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, when they when she was first taken in by rescue, she was 40 pounds, 35, right. 40 pounds. Um, Cigarette burns, had been beaten. Yeah, wounds on her, beaten. And then uh, come to find out that she had uh, spondylosis in her spine, so that mm-hmm. caused lifelong Dis- pain. Discomfort. Discomfort, which she learned to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, but it always hurt. Mm-hmm. And then especially the last few years when... She had problems with a knee, a hip, a shoulder. And finally her liver. Yeah. So it was a cumulative, and yet still she would be going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'd pick up the keys, and she would limp, hobble, 
Stumble. <laughs> Stumble, fall down, get back up and go, I'm ready to go. Yeah. You know. She'd get here to the training yard and she'd boss the other dogs around like yep. she always did. Yep. She was just a little slower at it. Mm-hmm. Her sphere of influence was a little narrower. And knowing that, she put herself more in the middle of things. Oh, and didn't she? Oh, jeez. Yes, she yeah. did. Yeah. She had very high expectations of all of the other dogs' behavior. To wit, they are not allowed to run into her, knock her down, over her. Or just generally be too rowdy, period. Or or just generally be too rowdy. She was definitely the matriarch, but not a kind, loving matriarch. (laughs) She was a bossy, grumpy matriarch. (laughs) And she had allowed woof and lunge that all of the other dogs would jump (laughs) 10 feet backwards. One of her favorite dogs to me belongs to the handyman. What what is that? Yeah, he's a handyman. Handyman here at the training field. So he he has an adorable little shih tzu named Sadie, who's just a bundle of mush and she's wonderful. Well, as a young dog, she ran over to Gina with, oh, everybody loves me. And she flung her arms up onto Gina's shoulder and said, hi! And Gina roared. And I think she even used her mouth to hold her down. She did not draw blood. Nope. But she roared at her pender and told her what a rude little runt of a nothing she was. (laughs) And Sadie was, oh, God, crushed. And within days, we're out on the field. Gina's laying there in the sun. And here comes Sadie. And I'm going, oh, no, she's going to do it again. And before I can move to interrupt, she runs full speed, stops two feet away from Gina, lowers her head, approached her as a supplicant to a Norse god, and crawled over to Gina with her head down, blinking a lot, and with one paw. Please, please, ma'am. I'm here with much humility. Please do not kill me. And Gina looked, reached out, sniffed her all over, gave her a benediction and said, go and send no more. And Sadie has done that every, <laughs> every single time she's seen Gina. And there's acres out there that she could avoid. Uh-uh. And she would run directly to Gina and make that bowing to the queen. Uh-huh. And then run around and play with the rest of the dogs. Right. Right. And, oh, I mean, Gina loved that. Yeah. Took it as her due. And, <laughs> she wishes uh, all the other dogs would do it, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, hell no. <laughs> right, right. No not, not, not all of them are supplicants <laughs> like Sadie was. Now, where Gina was the matriarch, at this point in time, Bashir's probably the patriarch. Oh, yeah. And he would be respectful of Gina. Until she would lunge and woof and bark at him. And he did not like that. He respected her. But he might circle her a few times as a herding dog does. And whoa, 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 whoa. How dare you? (laughs) And and he would also try to protect the younger ones. Yes. As he saw them diving towards into the abyss of the Rottweiler fury. He would circle and knock them out of the way going, Have you lost your mind? Put himself in danger. (laughs) Yeah, he did that quite a few times when Bones was younger. So Gina was not ready to let go herself. No. And so it made it harder for me to say. My previous Roddy was a very stable girl, very calm and collected. She had bone cancer. It was incredibly painful. Oh, yeah. And one night she just woke me up and told me, it's time. Mm -hmm. This is it. Let's do it. And she wouldn't let me back down. 
Vegeta was just like, no, no, you need me. You need me to watch over you. And and I think that that was a huge part of it with Dax. Mm, Dax yeah. knew she was Paul's. Right. And I think she hung on much longer than she might otherwise have because Paul needed her. So for me, it was when Gina would trip and fall and get as if she got back up and was like, I meant to do that and kept walking. Oh, but it was... It, it hurt my heart. Oh, because she's but such she's, a dignified dog yep. to fall on her face and... But as long as she would recover from it and say, mm-hmm. I meant to do that and keep going, I said, oh. and she still had a lot of joy in her life. Mm-hmm. But in the couple of days before I made the decision, when she looked at the stairs going up to my front door... And instead of going for it, falling, slipping, and doing it again, she just gave a heavy sigh and stared and let me pick her up oh. and carry her up. Oh. That was an early sign. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, then and there's you... no way to get into your house, really, without going upstairs no. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And then, so that to me was more of a, a mental surrender. Mm-hmm. And then when she started refusing food and nothing was coming out solid the other end, then yeah. that was a physical surrender. Yeah. And then it was clear that, okay, now it's time. She's She still wasn't crying. No. I no. used to give her Rimadil years ago when she would cry because of spinal aches. And I guess after she would just quit asking for it because I guess it wasn't even doing any good or she just learned to block it, whatever the reason. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. even asking for it. She was. She was pretty stoic. Yeah. So it was one of those, is this day, has she had some joy in her life versus the pain she'd had? And I kept able to come up with a little bit more joy, even if it was just grabbing one of her pieces of cardboard that she loved to suck on. Yeah. And lay in the sun. But when it became too much physical and emotional pain for her, then it was, that's, that was the tipping point for my decision. Mm -hmm. And then preparing... So I called in the morning, made the appointment in the afternoon, and spent the day doing what she liked to do, which was watching over me, guarding me. Took her out in the backyard in the sunshine, carried her down the steps, and uh, she could move enough to go from sun to shade to sun to shade as I puttered around the backyard doing stuff. Right. And she would watch me and then look out over the valley and go, I am on guard. No one shall approach. <laughs> yeah. So that was, and she didn't want any food, so, but I couldn't, you know, food is love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we broke out, you know, she got bacon, <laughs> cream cheese, and and shredded chicken. And, uh, you know, it was not going to come out well the other end, but who cared? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Then it didn't in the room, but, you know, oh, well. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Little bitty exam room. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I heard about that. That was the only thing I wish that, I wish the staff had not been quite so gentle about when you're ready. Yeah. Because I was kind of like, ready, just do it. A little more time, and she had time to evacuate and get embarrassed. Yeah. They they always do that, though. They want to make sure that you're ready, and they don't want to rush you. Push or, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I probably would have said now, 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 except that they were so busy. Oh, but, too. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So I think she got just a tiny bit embarrassed when her bowels let loose there. I mean, she didn't mind well, farting. She was farting all, was fine. She, she was. <laughs> we know she that. was. Yeah. She, she was also a little sedated at that point too, so muscles were relaxing. Yeah. So 
Yeah. That was part of the embarrassment of it. Yeah. But, you know, I got to hold her and thank her and love her and thank her for all the years that she spent with me Mm -hmm. um, and all that she Mm -hmm. gave me. And that was... That was a nice way to go, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then Quill and yeah. Quill and Walter were there, so they got to say goodbye. Uh, they've never been in the house without her, so I wanted them to know oh, yeah, what exactly. had happened. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm of the mind that knowing, as hard as it is, is better than not knowing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I've had too many animals in the past where I've taken the dog or the cat away mm-hmm. and then had the other dogs or cats go, hey, Here what happened? Yeah, you yeah. came back and... I think the grief is worse that way. Yeah. So that's why when you asked me if they should go, and I yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I had one cat that when we had to put the kitten down because of congenital defects, I mean, he went two days walking around the house just crying. Yeah. Yeah. Peeking in all the corners, trying to get out of the house, which he was an indoor cat. Just openly grieving, mourning. Frantic. Frantic yeah. about it. Yep. Yeah. So I wanted them to be yeah. there, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I was interested in their reactions. Quill, the terrier, sat on my foot, scooched up with his back up to my ankle, looking at you, looking at Gina, looking at you, looking at Gina. Actually sitting pretty still. Now, he has been more like Sadie. He's always been a little bit in awe of Gina. Yeah. He's only known her her last two and a half years when she's been... Older. Way more on the cranky side. Yeah. When uh, Walter was a puppy, she was still the imperialness. Uh-huh. Majesty. And she told him off many a times. But he would also cuddle up to her mm-hmm. if he was worried. Mm-hmm. And take strength from her. Quill never really got to the cuddle up to her stick. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was concerned about you. And there was definitely the, huh, you could see the the quizzical look on his face, what's going on. Right. Walter was a little hard to read. He was worried about you. He was looking at Gina. But there were a couple times, I, I think it was probably a little bit of denial or he would just lay down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, way too much tension in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't take any more of this. Yeah, the staff at the clinic was wonderful. That was good. So here's the weirdness. As I was getting dressed to take her down, it crossed my mind that I would like to wear the T-shirt with the embroidered Rottweiler in the left breast pocket and her name embroidered under it. Uh-huh. It just felt like something mm-hmm. to do. Sure. And I searched through my, you know t-shirts and couldn't find it well you know i've got a couple hundred of them so uh, i don't always find the one that i want and i went okay well okay here's the purple one with the rottweiler on okay i'll take that so i wore that one and then that evening i typically wear a t-shirt and shorts to bed so um i needed a new t-shirt to wear to bed so i just reached in in the dark and grabbed off the top of the stack and put it on And then in the morning, I got up, turned on the light, looked in the mirror, and I was wearing the T-shirt with Gina's name on it. That is just crazy. I love it. Which somehow was on the top of the stack. That you didn't see. But I found it in the dark. So, correlation is not necessarily causation. But anyway, it made me feel better. Good. So, for whatever reason it happened, it made me feel better. Yeah. And you talk about dealing with the grief afterwards, so... I think everybody... Well, there's 
there's five stages of grief. There's there's uh, and these might not be in order, but there's anticipation. There's denial. There's anger. There's bargaining. Bargaining, and there's acceptance. And when you put a dog down, that's an old dog or an ill dog. There's definitely anticipation. You you know it's coming. Or in my case, I didn't. Yeah. Pocona. Yeah. No yeah. idea. Yeah. For the most part, you you know it's coming. Well, in um, some back corner of our mind, you know, nobody gets out of this world alive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. There is lifelong yeah. anticipation of death. Right. Yeah. True. Whether we choose to admit it or not. There, there can be bargaining. Sometimes people bargain with God. Sometimes we, we have little mental fights with ourselves. Well, maybe I'll try this new medication and it'll be a wonder drug. That's a form of bargaining. Denial. Uh-uh. Not happening to my dog. My dog won't die. Right, back to bargaining. Friday oh. morning, I sat down at the computer and started to type in medication for liver disease. And I went, no, don't go there. Yeah, past point. that point. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just got a mood away. Okay. Good. So, Good. Uh, didn't bargaining. Bargaining can be all kinds of things. You know, new medications, new supplements, new... My dog doesn't have to die. I am willing to put diapers on her and do etches, blah, 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 yeah. whatever it takes. I will carry her up and down the stairs yeah. as long as she's still alive. That's right. bargaining. That's yeah. bargaining. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's a bargain she wanted to make, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Acceptance. Yes. It's going to happen. Yes. I'll make the appointment. Yes. I'll bring my dog there. Yes. I will sit on the floor and hold her. Acceptance is Probably the hardest for a lot of people, though. It's like one of the end steps. Oh, anger. Oh, yeah, anger's in Mm. there, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. And I have to admit, I I had a lot of that with Riker. He was the sweetest, kindest soul on this planet, the happiest dog all his life. Why did he have to die that way? With that kind of... Panic with and... that kind of panic and and not being able to breathe is panic and why did a dog that good have to die that way there's right. a lot of anger mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. sure there was a lot of anger there yeah i forgot where we are and then of course it's what did um ross kubler's at risk the woman who came up with the seven stages of grief okay kubler ross anyway Look it up on the internet. (laughs) She said it's not a staircase in one direction with each tread being one of these levels. It's a circular roller coaster. Right. Where you can go from bargaining to grief to acceptance back to anger Mm -hmm. to guilt. Yeah. One of the best things I did after my husband Paul was killed by a reckless driver was two days later, or that afternoon, I called a grief counselor. And two days later, I sat in her office for an hour and a half, two hours. She gave me extra time. And we talked about grief, especially sudden grief like that. And uh, she told me, it's okay to feel these things. Yeah, You're going to feel angry. You're going to... It was pretty hard to have denial at, at that type of oh, thing. Oh, it but still happen. It still happens. You're going to feel sad. And you say yeah. it's hard to feel denial, but these are not rational. No, they're not rational as at all. As much as we try to rationalize them, they're right. feelings. Right. And I had a lot of anger. 
Yeah. You know. And we can all go, yeah, kid. justifiably. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all did. But it wouldn't it wasn't helping Paul to be angry and it wasn't helping you. No. But no. you still had to feel it and deal with it and work through it. Okay. Feel it, acknowledge it. The big part was acknowledging it. Okay. I'm angry and I have a right to be angry. But I don't need to drag this anger with me. But it, that was probably one of the best things that I did was go talk to a counselor. And for pet owners, there are a lot of pet loss support groups yes, on the are. Internet, on Facebook. And in your local town. Sure. I know of several. Not everyone gets to have grief counselors as their training partners. Right. But yeah. um, they're out there, too, yeah. if you look yeah. around. A woman by the name of Christine Davis has written several books about pet loss. And one of the years when I served as a Dog Writers Association of America writing contest chairperson, she had entered one of her books in the contest. And being the contest chair, one of the benefits I had was to see all the things that were entered in the contest. And when her book came in, and it's wonderfully illustrated, absolutely wonderful, I sat down on the floor, read it from cover to cover, and sat there and bald. I hadn't lost a dog or a cat at that point in time, but boy, you remember. Yeah. And I just sat there and bald and bald and read this wonderful little book. And then I went back and I read it again and promptly went on the internet and ordered me a copy that's still up on my shelf. So there's lots of ways to deal with grief. One thing I cannot stress enough, as soon as someone says, but it's only a dog. Or Punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say spit on him and leave, but no. okay. Smack we have anger him. issues still? Yeah, okay. Um, walk away. They're toxic. Oh, they yeah. They're not going to help you grieve. Yeah. Just put usually up, they're not even your friends anyway. Put up a hand. For usually strangers tell them or not people now. really know when they say that. And yeah. like, oh, get over it. It was just a dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why you're not my circle of friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And you're just a little speck on the ass of the universe, as far as I'm concerned. But okay. Yeah. Grief is yeah. grief. Grief is grief. It's normal. It's natural. Don't try to will it away. Don't try to shortcut it, because it'll come back and slap you in the face if you do. It's going to happen. And don't be embarrassed by it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's normal. I mean, we we love these animals that we share our life with. Well, then you know what? And after you've done all, I mean, that, then there's people have choices whether to get their animal back cremated. Yeah. Right. Or not. Right. right. Yeah, choice. Like, and then you said you do private ceremonies. Uh huh. I keep my favorite two dogs. <laughs> well, they're nice boxes in my entertainment center. Because <laughs> they're going to go with me. I told, and, and I told all my family, I said, when I go, Kona and Shasta go with me. Most of mine have been put back in the earth, usually with a rose bush or a tree. But I have a private little ceremony and I put the ashes in the ground. Riker, I have not done that yet, but I've already decided that the next time we go up to Big Sur. Oh, you're going to take them? I'm going to take Riker up to Big Sur and I will find the biggest redwood (laughs) that that maybe he peed on at one of our trips up there. (laughs) And I'll just make a little depression and... Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll choose several trees. But he loved camping up in the redwoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun. Yeah, he loved the loved the redwoods. Loved Big Sur. 
And so I'm not in a rush, but the next time we go up to Big Sur, maybe one day we'll take the RV mm-hmm. up there. There you go. And Riker will go, go for mm-hmm. one last camping trip. Yeah, finding what is right for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When my father died, he had said it so many times it almost became a joke, but he actually had it in his wishes, not in his will, but an attachment. He really wanted to be cremated and scattered over a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did, how did you... Make that happen. I was ready. Put him in a paper bag and punch a couple I holes. I was and- <laughs> ready to put on a ninja outfit and sneak out to the local group. Yeah, don't okay. name names. <laughs> That's funny. But his mother, my grandmother, was still alive. Okay. And she was absolutely horrified. Oh. So he, my dad was cremated, and seven-eighths of the ashes went back to the family plot to be buried okay. there with a marker. Sure. If a little bit of them still ended up on a golf course, well, There you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of people divvying up the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, I've heard that. Once you're I gone. think it was, frankly, as much as I wanted to honor my father's wishes, which happens symbolically. Right. A lot of the ceremonies, I think, we do for our are for the are living. For death, are for who's li- yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They're for the living, and it, it would yeah. have hurt my grandmother's heart even more. Yeah, to not have been able to go through the ceremony that yeah. she needed. Right. Paul did not want a ceremony, mm. and oh, that's man. and that's why we did not have a traditional funeral. funeral. I wanted a day of celebrating his life. And that, that was a day. And that was for all of the living afterwards. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I would not have... That blew my I mind. I would have not made it through those first few months. I was on a high yeah. for weeks mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Because we had, to celebrate Paul, there was a three-mile motorcycle motorcade that shut down the local highway. Yeah. That the Patriot Guard, hundreds of people... There yep. was Marines and Navy SEALs and civilians and motorcycle riders Red and Red Cross and Red karate groups people. across everything, BMWs to Harleys to, to Vespas to Vespas <laughs> to every every aspect of any, any two wheel motorized thing, even like a couple tricycles. Groups. Great Tri- big hogs and a couple, yeah, yeah, it couple of Vespas. Yeah. I mean, the hundreds of motorcycles that were parked here and the variety of them was And all the American flags. Yes. All the American flags. We had flags. people, in, like you said, in uniform and officers all the way to leathers, the Harley guys. Yeah. To, you know, I mean, it was such a mishmash of the people who will probably never again. Gather in one spot. Yeah. In a dog training yard. <laughs> On top of dog, yeah. You know, was that right. just mind-boggling? Yeah. Just crazy. So ceremonies are, they're, they're for the living. Yes. We'd like to think, I think, that I'd like to think that when I take Riker's ashes to Big Sur, in some way or shape or form, he knows that I'm doing this for him. It'd be nice to know that when you dust Shasta's box <laughs> that she knows that yep. yes, <laughs> yo mom dusty <laughs> come on mom it's dusty when i was a vet tech there were two sisters in their 80s that had a little sheltie that finally they had to put down and they had the full-on funeral at the gravesite. 
No. There was a viewing in the viewing room. Oh, dear. Oh, wow. The dog was in a casket with red velvet and a pillow. And then after the viewing, we all trooped out to the grave site at the pet cemetery, and they brought out the casket and dropped it. And one by one, we each took a handful of dirt and added it and said a few words. That was what they needed for a ceremony. Yeah, I'd have been a little uncomfortable with that. Not because she was a dog, but just that's not my style. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. has their own. You just oh, yeah. You what you want. Yeah. And then do yeah. it. And don't be ashamed or embarrassed. Oh, yeah. Do it. Who cares? Yeah. We're a family. Yeah. Mine are still in the entertainment center. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to do what's right for you. I just yeah. like them close to me. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the, I find myself doing little ceremonies. Uh-huh. If I'm, first of all, I'm having to adjust my radar. So if I move from one end of the house to the other, I'm still waiting to hear the click, click, click yeah, of her following right, me. Right, yeah. right. Right, that's not going to Okay. Well, in fact, she was becoming mm. a little incontinent in the potty pads and all the things you had to special to do for her. Yeah, but even so, I was still waiting for her to follow me around. Right. She'd always done that. Right. The counting out of treats at bedtime. Oh, yeah, the food bowls. I'm counting one less, getting one less food bowl. Right. She slept at the foot of my bed. So getting into bed, going past the foot, stop for a hug. Oh, yeah. So for the last two nights, I've stopped and hugged that area and told her good night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I do, maybe because I'm such a visual person, is I make, not scrapbooks per se, but scrapbook photo albums Mm. i get the scrapbook the spiral scrapbooks and then i put photos and i have you know if they earned the dog earned his canine good citizen if he was a therapy dog Riker had some some of the places that he visited had given him little certificates places he visited as a therapy dog as a therapy dog yes yes appreciation of his service right right and so I put those together. Now, I don't look at them very often, but I have to admit, after you lost Gina, I pulled out a couple of them and was looking through them because, you know, going with you, going through this with you brought back memories. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I uh, they're always within reach. They're in one of my trunks. So right. I pulled them out. And right. I flipped through Rikers and I flipped through Dax's and the cats, you know, Fleabe and Tigger and, you know, and, and went through them. And the memories are there, the reminders. Oh, yeah, look at that certificate Riker got. That was from the daycare center for the kids. Yeah. Oh, he was such a good boy. And then those are all positive remembrances. When I was going through that, I wasn't thinking about his difficulty breathing. I was thinking yeah. about... All the good times. All the good times. The smiling Mm -hmm. face. He always had a smiling face. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the reality is, it's never going to be eternal. No. What was I? I was waxing philosophic in the shower. Showers are great places to just ponder. See, I do it when I'm driving. (laughs) Ah. I was messing around with a, you know, nobody gets out of this life alive. No. And you can only describe darkness when you have light as contrast. Whoa, you were waxing philosophical, weren't you? Gee, did you run out of hot water? (laughs) (laughs) You won't enjoy hot water unless you've had cold. (laughs) Wax on. Wax Wax off. off. (laughs) 
it wouldn't hurt so much if they hadn't brought so much joy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know, this dog that's laying under my chair right now, Bashir's going to be 10 in May. Mm-hmm. I would have had a much, much more difficult time making it through Paul's passing without Bashir. Yeah. Right. He has been my anchor. Yeah. He's been, and he's there. He didn't shirk from it. He stood up to it. He yeah. said, I'm here. There were other dogs that wouldn't do that. In fact, Siska was lovey cuddle, but he wasn't hurt law. On you. No. Yeah. No. And granted, he was younger. But I'll tell you what, when it's time for this dog to go, I'm going to be a basket case. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be like when you lost Shasta. Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah. Shasta, granted, I marriages and divorces is kind of my history. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. But, <laughs> but Shasta was, was there from day one. To, she was to your the last rock. One. And she, yeah, she always was. So she was my version of Bashir. Yeah. So losing her, that's why she, I still have her. Ten years later. She died ten years ago. Which year. I just, is hard to believe. I know. And I it's, can't let her go. Yeah. So She'll be back someday. And as long yeah. as that having her around gives you that smile, then I'm sure she's glad for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether it's in a spiritual or a physics law that energy can neither be created nor destroyed it is yeah and if emotions are a form of energy then as long as that energy is mostly positive in our memory then yes keep that memory fresh yeah that's why we're willing to put up with the grief and the pain right we know it's going to end badly there's no spoiler alert Holly Mears' father said, none of us own this earth, no matter how many mortgages we have. We're all renters here. Right. That's true. Okay. But people deal with it in a different way. My mom was a pet lover. My dad grew up on a farm and animals worked. Yeah. 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 And we always had cats. In fact, my heart pet as a kid was a cat named Bootsy. God, I love that cat. And she saw me through the trials and tribulations of childhood and and preteen she was an awesome cat and and she stuck with me but my dad never really had a cat that was his until they bought a house in huntington beach and she came with the house ah one of those kitties yes the family didn't take her with them silly people yeah and she was an old siamese queen she was probably in her teens when they moved into the house okay and at first he said no I don't want a cat. And mom said, we're not going to turn her out. And they had a few tiffs over that. I was long gone from, I had moved out years ago, but my sister was still at home and she told me. And then Queenie, which is what they decided to name her. They didn't know her original name, but she was the queen. She knew who she had to win over. Dad would come home from work. He'd sit down in his recliner she would jump in his lap, climb up on his chest, one paw on either side of his <laughs> neck, and she would snuggle her head under his chin and purr. Uh huh. She was a smart cat. Yeah. And she lived several more years, but when she passed away, Dad was so heartbroken, so heartbroken, he refused to allow another cat. So rather than accept that loss and move on mm-hmm. he took that hurt and he said i will never have this again he just cut it off right there he Boom. just cut Done. it off but by doing so he deprived mom 
of having a cat also. Yeah. yeah. And she loved cats. So there's I different ways of handling it. better for this podcast because there is a quote that I love, which, of course, I cannot quote exactly correctly <laughs> or attribute correctly. But it's along the lines of everything, every animal, every creature that we love expands our heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when we die, they leave a blank spot. But then we love again and our heart. So even yeah. though we lose a piece with each death. Right. Yes. In the long run, our heart gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah. For the love that we've known. And yes, we lose a little part for the physical being, but our memories, their energy is still there. Mm -hmm. We never totally lose them. And I'm sorry. I firmly believe that if there is a heaven, no matter what your belief, if there is a heaven or the other side of the rainbow bridge or whatever you believe it to be, it won't be heaven unless my dogs are there. I agree fullheartedly. Yep. You know, the very my, definition yep. of heaven for me could it's, not exclude dogs. Yep. Right. Exactly. Or cats. Or cats. But I even it, have it, a hamster that I have a very fond memory of. <laughs> I have had two rats. <laughs> there you go. Weed and, and flower. They were the best rats on the planet. But he also they, was a great little hamster. Yes. Yeah. It does make me giggle sometimes because I think of bossy Dax and bossy Ursa. But I figure if it's heaven, they've worked it out. Right. Even if, okay, you've got this half and I'll take this half. And then Riker's in the middle laughing like, you bitches. And with Gina just got there, they're going to have to divide it in thirds. Yeah. No, she'll lay in the middle of the path going, go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be this circle around her <laughs> imagine line right there yeah so well we weren't trying to be a downer hopefully you know we've talked out some things because as we said you know they just don't live long enough 13 14 years just isn't long enough for no nope. for some of these souls and no matter how much you rationalize your decision you are going to feel guilt yeah and that's part of the process mm-hmm. yeah but appreciate the time you've had yes i had a cat for only about a year and a half he had a congenital heart failure and he did finally just had an aneurysm actually his brain go we were so worried about the heart but it was an aneurysm. in that year and a half he packed so much of life he was an amazing little cat mm-hmm. so it's not only having them for decades mm-hmm. it sometimes it's just paul and i had tigger yep. for 17 years that's Wonderful. That gives you many more opportunities. But yet, we, when we lost him, and thankfully I didn't have to make a decision, he fell asleep on our bed and passed away. And when we found him, one of our other cats was curled up spooning him, Uh, licking his ears. And it was like, oh my God. I want to go that way. They understand. They understand. But when we looked at the fact 17 years of our life... Of our marriage, that cat was there. Yeah. I wish I'd had some of my dogs that long. Yeah. But still, Tigger was a good cat. We loved him. He went through life well-loved, and he passed in his sleep. He had double paws. Oh, and boy, cat. when he walked you, yeah. he <laughs> walked you. Yep. <laughs> and the dogs knew it. Oh, my gosh, those big paws. And he was a big male cat. He would he'd rattle your brains if you were a dog. But Tigger was a cool cat. And those are the memories you want to oh, yeah. laugh Have and forever. smile and yep. give back that positive energy. Yep. 
that they brought into your lives. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best epitaph that I think anybody could hope for. Oh, go. yeah. I mean, look at all the memories that Riker left behind. All of the kids that he visited at, at the daycare center. Yeah. The troubled kids. The kids with... Yeah, all the troubled kids that he visited. Every one of those kids is going to remember him in some way. Oh, yeah. And what a legacy. And then if you are dealing with grief of whatever sort, be kind to yourself. Yeah, and let people give you hugs. Yeah, it works. Exactly. It yeah. helps. All right, on that note, we'll let you go. Hopefully this wasn't too much of a downer, but it's a reality of living with pets. And hopefully we gave you some ideas. Wait, wait. It's a reality of living. A reality of living. living. Yes. You're going to lose something or someone. That's why. Yep. That's why. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>